You're listening to Richard Ellis Talks with Richard Ellis. Richard's style is very unique, where he shares the message of the gospel unlike anyone else. It's real, refreshing, focused, and fun. Whether you find yourself in a good place, maybe in a difficult place, or possibly even in a very lonely place, let me encourage you that you've come to the right place. Now, if you're not able to stick around with us for all of today's talk, you can always listen to, download, and even share this entire message with a friend right from our website, richardellistalks.com. So, with today's talk, here's Richard Ellis. The title of today's message is Pink Cadillac. I have a friend who's actually in the building today, John, who has a wife named Billy who's in the building today. And Billy has been with a company called Mary Kay for decades. Does really well there. It's not even really, I don't think, for her about the makeup. It's about the people and the ministry she has there. But she's had a pink Cadillac for a long time. And one day, John told me a story about he was in her car with her and was going, this is a long time ago, I'm sure, but was going too fast. Her comment to him was, you're speeding in my car, right? Right. <laughs> now, you say, well, what difference does that make? See, if you want to speed in your car, it's your car, and people who know it's your car think it's you. You get in somebody else's car and do whatever you're going to do, then they think it's somebody else, and now what you're doing affects the somebody else whose vehicle it is. So stay with me. The way we live affects other people. You think, no, it doesn't. Nobody knows what I'm doing. You're keeping vodka and water bottles in the dryer and the freezer, and nobody, you know. Who do you think you're kidding? You know, and God knows. You're sneaking around looking at porn. You think nobody knows. God knows, and sooner or later, everybody's going to know. You say, well, I'll never get caught doing what I'm doing. I'm stealing at work. I'm doing this or that. It just doesn't work that way. You say, well, what do you mean? I'll read you verses, not my opinion. So here's what makes this tricky about, and if you're not a Christian, this doesn't apply to you yet. A lot of other stuff applies, which is terrifying, but what I'm about to say doesn't apply to you yet. If you are a Christian, you're riding around in a company car. You don't own the car. And I'll read you those verses in a minute. See, no, 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 this is my car. No, if you read the fine print, this actually bold print all through scripture, when you turned yourself in, when you said, be my savior, be my Lord, be my boss, everything I have is yours, all my crap, everything, it's all yours. And I exchange it for your life, your abundance, heaven, here, I trade it in. So he goes, okay, now you're mine. But we don't like that. We want to drive the car like it's our car, not like it's his car. And do what we, whatever the, we want to do, like it's our car again. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, let's jump down to verse 9. And he says this, Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither fornicators. Now look at this list, because there are a lot of people that will highlight certain things in this list that they don't have a problem with. Do not leave yourself out of the list. So fornicators, what is a fornicator? It's someone having sex with someone they're not married to. We don't need to show hands. You say, oh, but whoa, that doesn't apply anymore because the world's changed and I'm in love with this person I'm sleeping with and we're gonna get married. 
And then, then it'll be, I'll be okay. And, and if I don't sleep with him, he's going to leave me. Oh, well, there you go. That's the kind of guy you're looking for right there. If I don't do X, he is going to leave me. And I can't change this stuff. You say, well, I struggle with this. Okay, say that. But don't say this is not true anymore. Because there's a reason why this is in here. You say, dude, you're so behind. You know, if you preach this stuff, you'll clear the place out. That's okay. I don't have to answer for that. I have to answer for reading you what it says. Because if you read what it says and you do what it says, your life will have way less complication than if you just go live like hell. Keep reading. That's just the first word. <laughs> Neither fornicators nor idolaters. And which is very interesting that idolaters get snuck in here between fornicators and adulterers. So, wow, what's an idolater? What have you put up over God? What are you worshiping more than him? What are you more consumed with more than him? Obsessed with more than him? Look to for your satisfaction more than him. So let God be God, worship God, don't be an idolater, worshiping anything but God. Adulterers, anybody got questions? Just raise your hand if you have a question about what adultery is. Right, didn't think so. So that's sleeping with someone who's married. Okay, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. Oh, what are we gonna do there? You know what, I don't care. I'm not worried about the culture. Because the culture has gotten so screwed up, you say, well, you're going to get arrested for a hate crime. I'm just reading you the Bible. If that becomes a crime, I'm in trouble. It could be uncomfortable for me. It could be tough for my wife, my kids. But you got to make a decision sooner or later. You're either going to read it and live it or you're not. And it doesn't mean you hate anybody because you tell the truth. I don't hate anybody. I'm not angry. I hate what sin does to the world and what sin does to people. But it's not about being a hater. Because if you don't warn people about something, how are they going to know what they're doing? So we quit on fornication. You know, just screw around, do whatever you can do, because, you know, everybody's doing that. So we're going to highlight that out. And then people live like hell and feel like hell. And then you go, well, why is my wife not working? Because preachers and churches and people aren't confronting people saying, dude, this will never work. God said it won't work. Thieves, just when you thought we had left you out. You say, I'm not a thief. What are you talking about? Do you go into restaurants, tell them you want water and get a soft drink anyway? You're a thief. That's what you are. That's what I am. I'm a thief. Oh, I didn't know I was a thief. I don't like that now. You're stealing. That's a thief. You get paid in cash, don't report it on your income taxes. You're a thief. Anybody upset yet? I'm trying. <laughs> Have I left anybody out? You say, but dude, but that's not stealing. That's just the way things work. In what world? Maybe your world, not his world. If I've left an example out, just raise your hand and say, oh, you left me out, and we'll go with yours personally. Nor covetous. Just can't get content with what you got. I got to have that. This is not enough. I got to have that house. Why does that person have that car, that house, that ring, that, that, that? That should be mine. I'm going to get that. Now that flips into idolatry. Drunkards, revilers, extortioners, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And then look at this verse 11. And such were some of you. Who's it written to? Believers in Corinth. And that's who you were. Were. Such were some of you. So has it changed? But you were washed. But you were sanctified. But you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Something changed. Now, what I love about the list, and people say, well, 
do you have homosexuals that come to your church? I hope so. Or then it's really not working. So you got all these people coming to church? I hope so. And are they welcome? Absolutely. We'll run anybody through the wash. (laughs) You just sign yourself up. Now you say, well, you got me listed there as a sin. I don't have that sin. Our wash won't work for you then. Because you got to come saying, I need washing. I need the blood. I got a problem. You say, well, that's just how I was born. Now listen closely, because this is what I tell people. They say, you don't understand. I was born, whatever your item is, I was just born this way. I say, you know what? I'll yield on that. I'll go with that. I'll let all that ride. You're right. You were born that way. But the second birth is going to take care of all that first birth problem. You get born a second time, now you got a different situation. So you say, well, I don't think I want to be born a second time because I like my first birth problems. So I believe I'll stay this way. It will cost you for eternity. So you better love who you are and what you got a lot because you will end up in a real hell separated from a loving God and it'll all be on you. So be careful what poison you pick. It could be the poison that kills you. Okay, any questions through verse 11? Verse 12, all things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful, or the King James Version says expedient. So he's basically saying, yeah, I can do a lot of stuff. It's just not helpful. It's not expedient. It's not gonna help my cause. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Foods for the stomach and the stomach for food but God will destroy both it and them. So he's like, well, I just live to eat. No, you eat to live. And if you live to eat, you got a problem. Now the body is not for sexual immorality. Now the Bible does not say the body is not for sex. Don't be pulling this stunt on God. God's against sex. He's brilliant. This is one of the coolest things he ever came up with. Right? There's a place, there's a design. Keep reading. The body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. And God both raised up the Lord and will raise us up by his power. So God's not anti-body. He's not an anti-body person. Your flesh will get you in trouble, but if your body is yielded to him, it turns into a great vehicle for him to live in and get his work done, right? Because he moves around. The way he gets around is he uses a company car. And as long as you're willing to go where he says to go and do what he says to do, man, he's on. Now he's all over the place in us. Verse 15, do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. So you say, well, that wasn't what I was, I was just trying to have a little fun. I was in stress on a trip and, you know, outside of that 50 mile radius and it was all good. So I was just hooked up, that's all. No, your hooking up makes you one with all these people. That will mess you up. Then he goes to the next thing. Yeah, if you're gonna hook up, by the way, hook up with the Lord. That's what he just said at the end. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So say, you know what? I'm done hooking up with everything else in the world. I'm gonna hook up with you. I want a personal, intimate relationship with you. I wanna be one with you. And then see what comes out of that. And then in verse 18, this word flee, which means to run away. 
By implication, to shun, one analogy is to vanish. You get out of there so fast, it's like you vanish. Where'd he go? I don't know. He got out of here so fast, he's just gone. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own, verse 20, for you were bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You're bought and paid for. And this goes back to simple words that I grew up with. Savior, Lord. I don't mind having a savior. I don't like me having a Lord. Because Lord is the boss. He's running everything. I'm under his authority and I do what he says when he says to do it. Not interested in a Lord. I'm interested in a savior. That'll get me into heaven. I don't want him running my life. So you're running your life. How's that working out for you? What if you just gave him a shot for a day or two and see what happens? First Corinthians chapter seven. This is very fascinating here as well. Verse 17, 1 Corinthians 7, 17. But as God has distributed each one, as the Lord has called each one, so let him walk. And so I ordain in all the churches. Was anyone called while circumcised? Let him not become uncircumcised, which I'm not sure how you even do that, but I don't want questions on that. In other words, just leave it the way it is. That's the technical answer. Is anyone called while circumcised, let him not become uncircumcised. Was anyone called while uncircumcised, let him not be circumcised. Circumcision is nothing and uncircumcision is nothing, but keeping the commandments of God is what matters. In other words, okay, cutting yourself external indications of a covenant like in the Old Testament. He says, no, that's not what we're worried about anymore. Keeping the commandments, doing what God says, that's what matters. Let each one remain in the same calling which he was called. Now listen to this, this is amazing. Were you called while a slave? So literally you become a Christian while you're owned, you're a slave. Whether you owe debts back in that culture or you say, well, what about American slaves? And in our culture, what if some, a slave became a Christian? It's just great to be able to read the Bible. What does it say? Were you called while a slave? Do not be concerned about it, but if you can be made free, rather use it. Doesn't say don't try to be free. But if that's where you are and you can't do anything about it, which for a long time they couldn't, then be where you are, be his child. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave, look at this, there's no way I could ever do this and I don't think there's anybody in the room or listening who can do this. But if you were a slave and you picked up your Bible trying to understand your life and you read this, look at what you're reading. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freed man. They may tell you you're a slave, you're a free man because you're the Lord's free man. So you think you own me and I may be subject to you and have to do this and you may do terrible, cruel things and I may die in the flesh a slave, in my body a slave, but I am his now and I will live and die a freed man no matter what you say. Likewise, he who is called while free is Christ's slave. So even people think, well, I'm nobody's slave. Yeah, you are, you're Christ's slave. He owns us. Look at verse 23, you were bought at a price. Do not become slaves of men. Brethren, let each one remain with God in that state in which he was called. You know, slaves didn't like being owned. We don't like being owned. And every once in a while, even on your job, you get to feeling like, you know, these people think they own me. They don't own me, right? I can do what I want to. What? Well, just run back in there and try that. 
They don't own you, but they can do things and then you no longer work there. As long as you're okay with that, you can do what you want to do. Go to Numbers chapter 32. So this is Moses talking to the people of Israel and recommend this. Don't hijack, jerk verses out of the Bible and say, I'm gonna make this work over here. Scriptures that were written to specific people are written to them, but the principles apply beyond those people sometimes. So look at what he tells them. Verse 20, Numbers 32, 20. Then Moses said to them, if you do this thing, if you arm yourselves before the Lord for the war and all your armed men cross over the Jordan before the Lord until he has driven out his enemies from before him and the land is subdued before the Lord, then afterward you may return and be blameless before the Lord and before Israel and this land shall be your possession before the Lord. Okay, so he's saying if that's what you do, that's good. That's what he said to do, go do that. But if you do not do so, then take note. Just mark his word, take note. You have sinned against the Lord, and then these phrases, we wonder where they come from, and be sure your sin will find you out. Build cities for your little ones, folds for your sheep, and do what has proceeded out of your mouth, which is so interesting. What does that mean? Do what's proceeded out of your mouth. Do what you said you were gonna do. You speak words and say, I'm gonna do this, then do that. Keep your word. And you say, well, what's the big deal if I don't? Look what he says. Be sure your sin will find you out. You say, well, I'm like a master at this thing. I'll never get caught. Here's where this all falls apart. If you figure out a way to live your hellish life and think you don't get caught and maybe you don't get caught, you die or Jesus returns, you are standing before Jesus himself and you just got caught. Because you're gonna give an account, it says, for the deeds done in the flesh. Your life is gonna be subject to fire and whatever is not of him is going to be consumed. And it says, and they will suffer loss. Because if your life has not been about him, then it'll be compressed, boiled down, melted down to maybe a tiny little nugget. And he goes, okay, here's what's left of your life. Here's what was really about me. And then you say, but I wanted to have something to give you. Like, well, you can give me that, but that's all you got. Then it's not so crafty. Because then you're like, wow, this was too expensive. Go to Luke chapter 8. These are intense verses. Luke chapter 8, and let's go down to verse 16. No one, when he has lit a lamp, covers it with a vessel. So you don't light a lamp, a candle, and then you stick like a pot over it or something. Or puts it under a bed, but he puts it on a lampstand that those who enter by see the light. Everybody got it? Okay. So you're putting light there for a purpose that those who enter may see the light. In other words, it serves a purpose, not you light it and then hide it. And then verse 17, for nothing is secret that will not be revealed nor anything hidden that will not be known and come to light. Therefore, take heed how you hear for whoever has to him more will be given and whoever does not have, even what he seems to have will be taken away from him. So think about your life. God comes along and says, okay, you want more? Here's more. I want more. Here's more. I want more. Here's more. And somebody else says, nah, light, under the bed, under a vessel, I'm good. And all of a sudden, even the stuff you knew, you can't remember the stuff you knew. And it seems to be slipping away, not your salvation, but you're like, wow, what's going on? I can't even remember. It's because if you're not going forward, you think, well, I'm just stopped. Stopped always turns into sliding backwards. 
Unless you are moving forward, you think, well, I'm stopped here. No, you're getting pulled back. Now, let me read you this last thing over in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14. For the love of Christ compels us because we judge thus that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. So you belong to him, bought with a price, you live for him. Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. What does that mean? I look at you and I say, wow, that guy screwed up. Or you look at me, that guy screwed up. I said this to a man earlier today, right here. This guy that I was talking about had met someone. I said, do you know him? I said, man, this guy, if you had known him before Jesus, is nothing like he was back then. That's what it's supposed to look like. Just the farther you get from the old you, the new you is so different. Like, are you kidding me? Those stories I hear about you, that can't be you because your life is so transformed, right? So what does that cause you to be able to do? You meet someone and go, wow, that guy's mean. He's angry. He's, he's a piece of work. And God gives us the ability to look at them and say, don't see them after the flesh. Don't see what you see. See what he sees is possible once he gets a hold of them. And then you treat them differently because you give them hope and say, look, I get you all these things, but man, if you give God your life, he can change you from the inside out. And you end up being part of the proof of that. Okay, so don't know anyone after the flesh. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us this ministry of reconciliation. So what is our, you say, well, I'd like to get a, find my ministry. What I'm supposed to, here's your ministry. And give us this ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. So he's saying, that's why I came to reconcile the world. And I left you here as reconciling agents, but he puts it in other words. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So what are you? What am I? I'm an ambassador. I'm a full-fledged ambassador of the cross, of Christ himself. Now you say, well, I don't understand why I am still on this planet. I got people dying around me, sick around me. I got problems. I got money problems, kid problems, marriage problems. I went out of here. You can't get out of here. You got a job here as long as he leaves you here. Do your job. You are an ambassador. And you watch ambassadors around the world, they walk into a foreign dignitary and represent the country. You say, but the country's not there and the president or the king of the country that they're representing is not there. But when that representative walks in, they speak on behalf of who they represent. So you walk into your job, into your world, and you meet people and they say, hi, how are you? And you don't say, hi, I'm Ambassador Ellis, but you better be about ambassadoring. Because yes, I have this job, but I'm undercover ambassador. And the reason I'm still down here is to tell you and plead with you to be reconciled to God and what Jesus did. And then the world around you starts changing. It's crazy how many people out there can't figure out why an ambassador doesn't show up to talk to them. Before Richard comes back to wrap things up for us today, I'd like to share a couple important things with you. Let me encourage you to take a minute and check out our website, richardellistalks.com. 
You'll find today's talk right there in the talks page, along with all of Richard's messages. You can even forward them to a friend so they can hear them too. You'll also find the prayer wall to add your prayer requests, a link to connect with us, the contribute page for you to be able to give to this ministry, a radio station finder, all our social media links, and much more. So check it out, richardellistalks.com. And Richard's back now to wrap up today's talk. All right, I'll leave you with this. What if you had a bumper sticker on your vehicle, you as a person, and the bumper sticker said, not how's my driving, how's my living? Call this number. And the reality is that they can call somebody, they can call out to him. You say, oh, that'd be a bad thing. If you're living well, sometimes the calls are, hey, saw the bumper sticker on your company vehicle. I got to tell you, the person was courteous, speed limit, 100%. You got a great driver. See, we always go negative. How's my living? Are you an ambassador? Are you speeding in someone else's car? The pink Cadillac's not yours. It's hers. It's his. So live it, drive it accordingly. Thanks for listening today to Richard Ellis Talks. We're confident that the program blessed you, and we want to hear about it. One way is to give us a call and let us know. The number is 855-6-RICHARD. Another way is to drop us an email. Jump on over to our website, richardellistalks.com, and click on the Connect tab at the top. We'd love to hear from you. And while you're there at the website, there's a ton of great stuff there just for you. Things like all of the talk from Richard, a prayer wall where you can leave your prayer request, and a whole lot more. Check it out, richardellistalks.com. Finally, we love doing this program for you, but we're so grateful when you hop on board to help us with the cost. Call us at 855-6-RICHARD, or you can contribute through the website. It's easy and much appreciated. 855-6-RICHARD or richardellistalks.com. Until next time, God bless you, and thanks for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. Richard Ellis Talks.